Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Murrow from Metal Hammer. And now, here is your host, Rob Paspani. After a short hiatus, I am back. It's Rob. Here at the Squared Circle Pit, it's been a crazy month for me. I had to go travel to the NAMM convention and the 70,000 tons of metal cruise. It was a little hard to get this podcast out, but I'm back. I'm not going anywhere. And the Squared Circle Pit is back to its regularly scheduled programming. Thank you for sticking around and tuning in. I have an awesome, awesome show for you today. I have Merle, the editor of Metal Hammer. And Merle is a diehard wrestling fan, just like I am. And what I love about Merle is that he also believes in the connection between metal and wrestling. And we talk about that. We talk about his experience in giving Triple H the Spirit of Lemmy Award at Download Festival last year. We talk about how he got into wrestling. And we spent a lot of time talking predictions for the upcoming Elimination Chamber, Fastlane, and WrestleMania shows. So there's a lot to talk about. This is one of the longer interviews I've done. And usually uh, I typically at the end talk a little more, but we basically went through everything I wanted to talk about on this week's episode of the show. So before I get to the interview, as always, I love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you think, what you'd like to hear, topics you'd like me to address, anything of that sort. You could always like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash squared circle pit. Or on Twitter, at Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle. Or you could just tweet me personally, Rob at uh, Rob Injection, or email me, Rob at MetalInjection.net. Without further ado, here's my chat with Merle for Metal Hammer. Now entering the Squared Circle Pit, a man who is as fond of wrestling as I am, from over the pond, the other side of the pond. <laughs> we got Merle, the editor <laughs> of Metal Hammer. Merle, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, it's all the slides, but yeah, any, any way you want, it's fine. That was a nicer intro than I normally get, so however you want to do it. <laughs> Aldersley, that's pretty metal last name. Yeah, I guess so. I've never really thought about it like that before, but a few people have said, you know, it's quite a good name for uh, for our side of the business. <laughs> I quickly want to mention that Metal Hammer is back. I'm really excited. You guys have a new issue with M Shadows interviewing Ozzy Osbourne, and that's the cover, a really cool cover. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been, I'm sure anyone that's uh, followed Hammer knows it's been a crazy few weeks, but yeah, we're very much back at it now and we're really excited about this cover and about the, the months ahead now that we're back at it. Yeah, I, and I'm excited to have you back. The more metal publications, the better as far as I'm concerned. Thanks, man. Agreed. And uh, honestly, I have to say in terms of the, the metal and wrestling combo, I feel like Metal Hammer was kind of the first place where I saw the two combine. I remember you guys always had interviews with wrestlers. Like I remember you interviewed Paige about her liking Slayer uh-huh. uh, and, and about how her name is kind of inspired by Slayer because her name is Soraya, right? Or her middle yeah, name. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so that was cool. And so where did the impetus come to, to merge, uh, to have some wrestling features in the Metal Mag? Well, I mean, um, it helps that me and, uh, and our online editor, Luke, as well, are, are big wrestling fans. But to be honest, I just kind of feel like wrestling culture and, and rock and roll culture has always had a quite strong overlap there. I mean, when you look at the, 
everything from the kind of like the kind of glam days of the Hulk Hogan era and you look at the, the bigger than life personalities like Warrior and Macho Man, you know, they were very much rock stars of yeah. their day as well. And, and, it, and it all kind of got taken to a whole new level with the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era because, you know, the whole thing was soundtracked by metal bands. You know, there's, people even use the term wrestle metal to kind of describe a certain, a band of a certain ilk, shall we say. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it metal, metal's just, can I swear on this? Absolutely. Thank fuck for that. That was going to be hard otherwise. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, wrestling is just metal as fuck. You know, you look at, uh, you could just, the amount of names you could reel off from Stone Cold to The Undertaker to Finn Balor to Bray Wyatt to Dean Ambrose to Seth Rollins. Like, there are so many metal fans in, in wrestling and, and um, the, the kind of, the, the wrestling itself is just, I think, like I said, got a lot of crossover with, with metal culture and, and, it, and it is rock and roll and it is, they are larger than life personalities and, you know, it's badass, and it just always seems like there's been a, a kind of connection there. Yeah, I, I agree completely. So I wanted to ask you, how did you get into wrestling? What was the first, how did that happen? Uh, well, I mean, when I was really young, like I, I, I'm 30 now, so mm-hmm. it, uh, kind of going back to the really, really early 90s. Um, so when I was kind of five, six, I remember wrestling being on the telly, and I used to, you know, I was a Hulkamaniac very much so, as, mm-hmm. as probably most people my generation were. Um, and I, I remember, uh, I certainly remember Hulk and I remember Flair and Macho Man. I liked Undertaker from a very early age, spot the metalhead, I guess. Do you remember um, how you got exposed to it? Like, oh, you said you I just saw it on TV. To be honest, I don't remember the first time I ever watched it, like a moment where I was like, whoa, this is amazing. But mm-hmm. it, to me, like, I can remember being really small and, uh, and seeing it on TV all the time. And as soon as I saw it on TV, I had all the figures, like... You know the ones, the classic little kind of one motion, right? Little, uh, I don't know what they were like, four or five inch tall ones, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had all of those things. Me and my friends used to play with them together and like recreate stuff. I remember um, me and my friend Nick, when I was really small, we like recreated the Undertaker's funeral from uh, <laughs> um, from what the was Ultimate it? Summer Sla- yeah, yeah, from from '94 um, when he went in the casket and all that stuff. We did all oh. that. We did all that stuff. So, um, and then uh, I, I kind of been in into it in and out for years, really. I got back into it in a big way in the Attitude Era, um, right up until kind of the mid noise and then drifted away from it a little bit just in terms of keeping up with the week to week. And then, to be honest, like a lot of people I know and a lot of good friends of mine really got back into it um, when the, the Summer of Punk happened and hearing about that promo and thinking like, wow, this feels really edgy like it was, you know, back in the attitude era and and ever since i've just been a, a real addict now to the extent where um i'm very much into the the really good british wrestling scene we've got over here as well and uh yeah you know, all of that stuff i haven't really followed uh the british scene too much but i feel like this year it's almost unavoidable uh to to you you can't not follow it you know because all these british wrestlers are are on the scene you know they're yeah. There's uh, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. There's Pete Dune, uh, lots of guys. Uh, uh, Marty Scroll, and what, so like, can you kind of explain to me a little bit? So here's what, what's kind of confusing me about the British scene as someone who lives in the U.S. Okay, I noticed there's all of these companies. There's ICW, Progress, Revolution Pro, uh, probably another one that I'm forgetting, but they all seem to be using the same guys. Are they all yeah, in different yeah. regions, or do they all kind of play the same towns? How does that work? 
Well, so um, there's, a, I mean, the, the prominent ones here, I guess, that you've got, yeah, ICW and Progress are kind of seen as the two big ones. There's a, there's a whole host of other ones as well. Um, WCPW's just started up here as right, well. Right, and which, them as well, yes, 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 the work culture. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of, they're kind of like the new kids on the block, so there's a lot of uh, different opinions about what they're doing and stuff, which is interesting. Um, but, yeah, Scott, uh, ICW is very much based up in Scotland. Um, they do kind of regional tours quite a lot, but... Uh, Pretty much all the the young Scottish guys coming through now. Uh, Big Damo's literally just joined um, ICW. I think that's uh, not ICW. He's just joined um, NXT. Oh, NXT. Yeah. Uh, I think they've packaged him up with um, Sanity, Sanity. I think. Yep. Um, so yeah, him and there's a few others um, that are kind of coming through in a big way in America now. Drew Galloway's obviously a very, been a very big name in ICW as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then Progress is kind of based more in London, but again, they they'll kind of do a lot of the, the regional stuff as well. But there is definitely a kind of uh, a lot of shared uh, roster there. And I, th- right. I think, to be honest, it's just a simple fact of you know they're seen supporting each other and yeah, looking yeah. after each other. And and you know, obviously, it's a good way for wrestlers to ensure that um, they can kind of you know work more regularly. Um, so I mean, uh, there are certain wrestlers which are definitely more associated with certain uh, like companies than others um so you know you've got wrestlers like jimmy havoc who are very much you know he will wrestle for a number of companies but he very he's very much considered like a progress guy mm-hmm. um and then like i said it's, it's, since he came back to the indies uh um i know he's kind of been big on tna but a lot of people still consider galloway like a big icw guy um and uh yeah so each company has its kind of own standout dudes and and women that represent them but they they do kind of share the love a lot and i think that's been a really healthy thing for the scene yeah i i think it's awesome it kind of reminds me of kind of like the 90s scene where like you could see a wrestler in ecw and then he'd also kind of be on the indies and 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 like smoky mountain and and stuff like that and Mm. i think it's it's a very cool thing that those promoters are all working together and realizing that by sharing this talent pool they're only bringing up their own companies and making them seem more valuable yeah and and you know you can see how people are taking notice because um I, I don't know if this made it over to the states but itv which is like the kind of after the bbc and channel four it's like it's like channel three it's like the other big terrestrial um tv network right, over here. right. it's it's um, one of the the big free channels right it's just yeah exactly TV. yeah and they brought back um, uh, World of Sport. I don't know if you're familiar with I that. I am familiar. Yeah, I watch. I watch the. I kind of scanned through the the relaunch, and that was basically yeah, yeah. A, a weekly Saturday afternoon wrestling show, right? Back in the day, yeah. That you know, Britain used to have a really strong wrestling culture. You know, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks are the two kind of stalwarts of that scene in the in the 70s, um, and World of Sport was kind of the centerpiece of that. Um, I mean, what ITV did was was an interesting experiment. They kind of made it like a proper family light, um, kind of fun Saturday afternoon entertainment thing, mm-hmm. which is a bit weird because when you go to a Progress show, you go to an ITW show, it's very much aimed at the the kind of twenty plus market. Right, it's, it's more kind of like edgy. a British ECW. What I, it's kind of funny. ICW how, is very much so. Yeah. Yeah, like it feels like all the people that would theoretically be like soccer hooligans they all just go to these wrestling <laughs> shows and get drunk and come up with like these long chants yeah exactly exactly i mean it, it's it's definitely kind of that fun kind of like larry but in a nice way british culture like that you know there are takes on football chants um there are takes on 
very, very uh, like English specific songs. Um, you know, the whole kind of hey, Bailey uh, thing that went over into NXT started when they came to London. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, like you can see that people are taking notice because as well as that ITV thing, WWE obviously have now got their own United Kingdom championship, which is, is crazy really. And to, yeah, and to have huge. wrestlers that, you know, whether it's um, Jack Gallagher on Raw or Tyler Bate winning that, winning that UK title, it's amazing to see these wrestlers who literally weeks ago were performing to like, a progress show to a few hundred people at the at the electric ballroom in Camden and now on TV to potentially millions so it's it's been amazing to see the scene grow and, and I've only been to it myself for probably I don't know about 18 months or so now um, it's still so like it's, I mean they've been doing it for a while but it's caught fire just recently right yeah I mean progress has been going progress is kind of the one I go to the most regularly because it's 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 right near me every month um, and that they've been like selling out like they're boring, which is like a you know a decent sized Camden venue for I think five years now. <laughs> um, but in terms of you know ICW's been going for a few years as well. Um, uh, like we said, uh, WCPW are the new guys on the on the block. Um, but um, it de definitely feels like the world is really standing up and, and taking notice now. And you know I watched a little bit of Japan, probably not enough. Well, definitely not enough to be an expert on it. Um, but it, it does seem like the British scene is is the kind of the one that people around the world are most pumped about right now, which is brilliant. Well, I, I definitely follow Japan, and it's right now it's so 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 good, and it's so yeah. Well, it's I watched like, Wrestle Kingdom, and it was pretty insane. Yeah, the way I could kind of uh, uh, compare it to metal, if I were to make a comparison, is like if you're a metal fan, uh, like WWE is like the mainstream heavy metal and like new japan is the no frills brutal death metal that you're just there you're not there for for like the spectacle and the 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 pomp and circumstance you're just there for the wrestling you know it's no frills awesome. and, and they have a lot of they have actually a surprising amount of variety in their characters there's only so many oh this guy's a tough guy well this guy's a tough guy you know but they they change they change it up you know Oh, awesome. Uh, well, I guess that makes the British scene the punk scene because uh, yeah, Progress well, is slogan, for instance, is punk rock pro wrestling and, and the, their kind of whole ethos and how they've come up and is, uh, is very punk. Yeah, I agree. And what I think is also cool uh, is that there's a Revolution Pro in, in England yes. and they team up with New Japan. So you got guys like Shibata coming in and wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. And, and I exactly. think that's so, that's so cool to me that like the crossover that's happening in the indie scene. That's like stuff that you would just fantasize about when you were a kid. And yeah, and, and, and that's going happen. global. I mean, when you look at, um, you look at the Hardys uh, gate crashing, the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor, the, yeah. other, the other, whenever it was a few and weeks ago, game, like yeah. it just feels like the barriers are really breaking down outside of the big leagues. And that's, I think, I just think it's really exciting because it feels, you get that kind of unpredictability back where you never yeah. quite know who's going to turn up, which is obviously such a big part of, you know, Speaking as a wrestling fan, the Monday Night Wars, you never knew what was going to happen. You never know who might jump ship or turn up. And there's a lot of that in the indie scene now, and it's wicked to see. Yeah, I feel like uh, it, the shock value is a very important part of wrestling that sometimes people forget. That's what makes it super interesting. Absolutely. Uh, and, well, yeah, so lots of cool stuff happening in England. And I think it's cool that Metal Hammer is kind of 
You guys are trying to uh, do some cool stuff. Like last year, you gave a, a Triple H an award at Download Festival. Yeah, that was that was pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, the, and also, uh, not I forgot to mention that you had Dave Mustaine present Triple H with the award. What was the award? Yeah. Was it Most Metal Athlete? What was it? it oh no, no it was, it was Award. Um, that's uh, that's Revolver's. Uh, Revolver have that. We we have so uh, for the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Awards, which we have every year. The original Golden Gods, I might add. Um, we do uh, something called the Spirits of Hammer Award, which is always awarded to someone who's not necessarily involved in the music industry, but like that is really aff affiliated with metal culture that metalheads love, have a lot of respect for. And um, we had like Sir Christopher Lee down one year to accept it. Uh, we had David Prowse who played Darth Vader down to accept it. So we've had a lot of cool personalities. And um, when we found out that NXT were were coming into the uk for download festival which is the biggest rock festival over here um i, I gave uh, my friend at uh, live nation a call and said look like triple h will be so perfect for this awards um we're holding the the awards at hammersmith this year obviously lemmy passed away within the last six months and we think we could make it a real good tribute to him um so he renamed it the spirit of lemmy award and uh, and yeah triple h was really down with it he came down and um, got up on stage with Dave Mustaine in front of about, I mean, Megadeth had just come off stage, so it was in front of about 70,000 metalheads all going crazy and singing along to the game theme tune. Um, and it was a really, really cool experience. And it kind of felt like a good vindication of what a lot of us, like you and you as well, have known for a while, that, you know, wrestling culture and, and metal culture really do have a strong affinity with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, in starting this podcast, I have uh, always... I've always been kind of shocked at how many people are into metal. Like, uh, yeah. I always joke about the, the reason, genuinely the reason I started this podcast was because I, I was just browsing around uh, and I was on like the Young Bucks page, on the yeah. Young Bucks Twitter page. And on the Twitter, you know how they say people you follow also following these guys. Uh, and one of the people was Scott Kelly from Neurosis. And I'm like, Amazing. and I was like, wait, wait, what? Scott Kelly, not only is Scott Kelly a wrestling fan, Scott Kelly is like an indie, like he's in it. You know, he That's knows so what's up. Cool. And I was like, I really want to talk to Scott Kelly about wrestling, but how can I do it? I'm like, fuck, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast where all That's I awesome. do is talk about wrestling. And well, I did. You told me about it when we were in New York last year, and I was like, please let me on it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so relevant to my interests. <laughs> Uh, it's been it's been amazing, and I did end up talking to Scott about it. I highly recommend checking it out because that dude that dude follows it hardcore. You had Zach Wild on once as well, right? Yeah, Zach Wild was actually my first guest on wow. the show. Which yeah, I couldn't believe it either. It, it totally fell in my lap. Just it happened. It just so happened awesome. that just as I was starting the podcast, that he was soliciting. He he was like in New York for a press day, so it just right. all worked out. And he was incredible. I couldn't believe how much wrestling knowledge he had. Like, he was calling out very specific moments in very specific matches. Like, we were talking about the WrestleMania Six Hogan Warrior match. Like, that oh, guy wow. is definitely into it. Yeah. He watches it with his buddies and everything. And, 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 like, he doesn't really follow the backstage, you know, the rumors, but he knows. I feel like nowadays you can't avoid that stuff because it's just so yeah, yeah, yeah. prevalent. Uh, like, I don't think he's reading The Observer every week, but <laughs> somebody tells him yeah. the gossip. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are some other, like, what was, like, obviously you've interacted with wrestlers before. What was it like talking to Triple H? Is he like a, like a cool guy? And who were some other wrestlers? He was, he was really cool. I mean, yeah, we've talked to a few, uh, we've been lucky enough to talk to a few guys over the years. Triple H was, 
um, really cool, like just so on it, like for a dude that had just, I think he actually was supposed to be going to something in China that day, um, but he's all that weekend at least, but he rerouted his flights. So he flew from uh, wherever WWE were on the road at the time over to uh, Donington in the north of England, well, the Midlands of England for literally um, a day. And then he flew back straight out to China again after that. Uh, but he was totally cool. He was on it. He knew what he was doing. Um, he, he, I mean, he is a massive metal fan. Um, we had actually interviewed him a few months before that, and he's he's really into Motorhead, of course. He likes Maiden, Metallica, uh, Megadeth, so he knows what Megadeth are all about. Um, and he was just he was really cool. He was like really seems really happy to get it. I think it was nice for him getting some recognition, you know, outside of the wrestling industry and then right. having a good connection with music um, there. So he, he seemed genuinely really happy about it and. Uh, yeah, we've we've chatted to a few people. I mean, um, in the even just in the WWE realm, we chatted to like, as you said, Paige, who was great. Um, Becky Lynch was really cool when we talked to her. She's a massive like grunge and kind of '90s metal fan. Um, obviously, we've talked to Chris Jericho a lot. He's a he's a big friend of Hammers through Fozzy and just through mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff he's done with us. He's hosted our awards a couple of times. Um, so we've got we've got a pretty good relationship with a few people. Baron Corbin's another one as well. He's he's metal as fuck. That dude's no that dude knows his shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked to him actually at the speaking of the Revolver Awards at the last Revolver Awards he was there, and I was talking to him and Corey Graves, and he he definitely is legitimately into heavy metal and, and like hardcore. Like he he hangs out. I think he goes and works out with Andy Williams of Every Time I Die when, whenever they're in the same town. Amazing. <laughs> Which I think, Man, that must be intense. <laughs> yeah, that imagine that tag team. That would have been. Jesus. That'd be crazy, and then even like to a guy like Andy Williams, I think it's so cool that he's kind of like, well, I, I'm doing the whole rock thing now. I, I'm I love wrestling. Let's let, let me try the whole wrestling thing now, and I love that he's trying to make it happen for himself too. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I know a couple of the progress guys that know him really well. I mentioned Jimmy Havoc earlier. I know those guys mm-hmm. are really tight, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be something to that, but I think he might. Have, I think he might have actually wrestled with Progress at Download once or something like that. I know. Oh. He's, I know he's done something with those guys, so he's been. He's been around. Yeah, he's getting around for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, no one's going to tell him not to, are they? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, there. this is, I feel like, my favorite time of the year for pro wrestling. Because everything oh, is always. so exciting. It's WrestleMania season. And, the, you know, all of these big names are kind of coming back out of the woodwork, which I'm yeah. cool with. Uh, I feel like a lot of people sometimes complain about the part-timers. I can understand it, but... It's still super exciting, I think. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of my attitude to it is, is you know, it's, it's it's kind of to get my kind of wrestling internet warrior cap on for a second. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of, you know, this time of year, you look at the card this year and uh, after all the amazing kind of indie or NXT names that have come through the ranks, you know, we all want to see AJ Styles in the main event. We want to see Kevin Owens defending the Universal title. You know, we want to see Sami Zayn get a proper push. Um, and, you know, the, the the way it's shaping up, it looks like it's probably going to be Goldberg and Brock possibly fighting for that, um, for the red belt, universal title, which I can understand. And always people because there's two part-time guys. Um, we're going to have Undertaker very hard up in the, in the mix. Obviously, John Cena, no one really knows um, what he's doing or what he's up to. Although, to be honest, I think anyone that's got a problem with John Cena in 2017 is off their fucking box because he's had an amazing few years. Um, and I think that, 
But on the other side of that is that, you know, these guys aren't going to be around in a few years' time. And I think, you know, our generation, the kind of late 20s to mid 30s guys and girls, uh, are getting a chance to go to WrestleMania now because we, you know, we can all afford to do it, especially from from outside of America. You know, right. it's not the kind of thing you could do 10, 15 years ago. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I've got a few friends. I've been to two WrestleManias and a Royal Rumble now. I've got a couple of friends that are coming with me to Mania this year. It's their first Mania, and I've said to them, you know what, dude, it's so good that you've managed to do this while you could still see Undertaker and while you could still see Brock Lesnar and, you know, getting the chance to see Goldberg. Okay, it's not going to be a classic match, but it's a spectacle. And and I think, you know, eventually those guys won't be coming back to, to wrestle every year. We're not going to see The Rock do his kind of token appearance every year and, and everyone will get their chance to, to step up then. So I think I get I get people being frustrated about the way the the cards are built and and you know all that and that kind of stuff but at the same time i just think look undertaker is not going to be at wrestlemania in five years time and we're going to yeah. miss him when he's not so let's just enjoy it because he's the coolest fucking dude in wrestlemania history so let's just take it for what it is and just have a beer and chill out and enjoy the show you know <laughs> yeah yeah well I, I guess the other side of that argument would be you're right like they're not going to be here in a few years so shouldn't we be building towards the future and putting some of these guys in the ring with the, you know, with a guy like Goldberg and getting them over. But the yeah, other side okay. of that is, is like, if you have Goldberg lose, Goldberg is done. <laughs> Goldberg's whole thing is that he's unstoppable. Once you stop him, there's nowhere left to go. Yeah, very true. Um, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him because he's, he's only, he's been kind of back and quote unquote active in WWE for like four months now or something. And he's had a total combination of about, I don't know, he's like two minutes less, of ring yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, you know, if they're good, you know, now he's wrestling Kevin Owens, who's one of the, you know, arguably probably just behind stars, my favorite guy in the company right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to give him more than five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. I, I, and then obviously I against Lesnar as well. Yeah, I can't imagine that the uh, Kevin Owens match at Fastlane will be any more than five minutes. It's going to be like Kevin Owens is done. It's yeah. I, it does hurt to say that like, cause you know, it's bummed. So yeah. Great, it's a bummer. But yeah. It's, yeah but, but then what do they do at WrestleMania? Because Brock well, is one of the greatest athletes that's ever stepped foot in the company, but he's not the kind of guy you'd want to carry a Goldberg match. So is Brock going to go over Goldberg in yes. five minutes? Well, what's going to happen? Like, Here's my, here's but you my, know, I'm sitting here questioning it. So I'm yeah, obviously yeah. hooked in some way, aren't I? Oh, for sure. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what's going to, well, Look, I thought Brock was going to beat Goldberg. I was completely floored when he lost at Survivor Series. And honestly, I, I was I was totally a bitter fanboy. Like, what? What? Like, uh, all this buildup for Brock to lose for 30? You know, uh, yeah, I totally crazy. Think that. But I'm, I'm all right with it now that I know that there's going to be, you know, rematches. So here, I think what's going to happen at Fastlane is that Jericho is going to try to interfere in the match and help Owens, and it's going to backfire, and then Goldberg will spear him, jackhammer, for the win. And then because of that, Owens is going to be so pissed at Jericho that finally their friendship erupts, and they have their match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think whatever. I mean, people want that Jericho-Owens match, don't they? And Yeah, I do, I think... certainly, yeah. It'll probably happen for the U.S. title, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, which it is has still to... cool because if yeah. it ends with Owens, um, well, depending on if Jericho is staying around a bit longer or not. I mean, if either of those guys actually get booked as a U.S. champion and get that title being badass again, I think it will for the long term it will be a good thing. And you know, 
going into Mania season, I don't think there's going to be any bigger pop than when Chris Jericho finally puts Owens on the list. Like, that's going to be so big, isn't it? Yeah, I, I what agree. this whole thing's been building to. Yeah, exactly. Their breakup is going to be, Jericho's going to be such a big baby face, which is so yeah. crazy because when he came in, everyone was like, he had like go away heat, like, you know, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you're over, we're over you. But like, he did such an amazing job of reinventing himself. Well, he does it every time he comes back. Yeah. Like when he first came back with the light up jacket thing. And he wasn't talking to anyone. Yeah. Um, do you remember that? Like, yeah, he, yeah. he didn't cut any promos and stuff. That yeah, was that awesome. Was great. And they kind of ruined it by having him not win the Rumble. But I'm bitter about that. So it's a different story. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, like, he, you know, he did it when he did his first big comeback in 07, I think it was. And then he, you know, he started wearing the suits and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that so, great program with Shawn Michaels, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the guy, I, I don't know, maybe it is because he has been able to go away and come back again that he's been able to keep it so fresh, but the dude's, uh, dude's an enigma. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'm looking for, I think he's going to be gone after WrestleMania, though, because I believe Fozzie is putting out an album this summer or they're touring this summer. So he's if he's going to be around, it won't be that much. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, so let's talk about, we have a, there's a pay-per-view this Sunday, which is pretty crazy how many pay-per-views there have been lately like I, I feel like thankfully with wrestlemania season it's a little more spread out now but the, a few weeks ago it was like every two weeks there was a show yeah like, it's, get, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that because the it's hard to keep those shows feeling special when there's so many of them but obviously they got two brands to cater for now so yeah it, it, yeah there are yeah two more aren't there let me ask you do you watch every week do you watch both raw and smackdown uh well we can't obviously uh we have to watch it uh, on catch up over here, unless there's a few, unless we're kind of crazy and want to stay up till 4 a.m. every Monday night. But, oh, is that um, when it's on? Oh, no, it's on at like 2 a.m. Or it what? starts at like 1. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, no, that's not um, happening. <laughs> yeah, so it's, but, but I mean, to answer your question, generally, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's a bit of a dilemma now for WWE fans. I mean, you know, I'm a wrestling fan who's now also quite into the indie scene. So if I want to catch up on like some progress or anything like that, I've also got to factor that into. Um, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, an hour of 205, an hour of NXT, uh, and then sometimes a three-hour pay-per-view right. as well. And that's not even getting started on all the stuff they've got on the network and all that kind of thing. So it's hard to fit it in. So I, I kind of I kind of like gloss through Raw highlights. Like out of a three-hour show, I'll probably watch about an hour and 20 minutes worth and kind of, you know, when I know it's like, I don't know, it's a segment with, that's clearly filling time. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah. kind of, I'll, I'll skip straight through that. Yeah, like you don't um, need to I, watch the Titus O'Neil match. No, exactly. <laughs> that. Um, uh, but SmackDown, I watch pretty much all the time now. I think it's been absolutely amazing yeah. the last couple of months. Like, I think it's been the best WWE regular product, um, certainly since NXT a, a couple of years back, and probably, probably beyond that. To be honest, it's really yeah. Well, it's actually because the old NXT writer is now uh, the writer on SmackDown. I heard this. Although Ryan I saw Moore. a rumor online that Road Dog was going to take over. No, no, no. So they're both. They're like the co-head writers. I think what what, oh, cool. it, what it was is Road Dog got a promotion. So technically, his title is higher than the other guy, Ryan Ward. But they're both co-writing it. I think Road Dog. I read he's really good. Well, take this for what you will. Uh, at, fi oh, okay. at finishes. So, like, his specialty is coming up with creative, quote-unquote, finishes, <laughs> you know, to uh, get out okay. of matches, which sometimes I'm like, I feel they're not that creative. I Like, my, I feel if there was a stat 
for most common ending on Raw or SmackDown, it would be the uh, you know person the person in the ring facing the ring heel they're feuding with their music hits and they come out. Person in the ring is distracted for no reason just because the music hit and then they get rolled up. Roll up and it's like it's like you've seen so many people get distracted by this roll up because of music. Just avoid the music. Finish yeah, the match. Yeah, yeah. Finish the match. It is, it is like you could you could do a drinking game off the back of that shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about Elimination Chamber. The main event. Sure. I, I always enjoy the Elimination Chamber match. I think it's a fun gimmick. It's as close to War Games as we're gonna get. Yeah, and, me uh, too. I don't think it's lost its. I mean, sometimes you get some tough ones depending on the lineup, but yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think it, it's one of those uh, matches where I don't think it's lost its touch, and I think you do still buy into the idea that they could totally fuck with the Mania plan, which, you know, from I all the rumors, looks to. like they might happen that this, this Yeah, summer. yeah. So the competitors are John Cena, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, and Baron Corbin getting that young guy we were trying to push spot. Which I'm fully in on, by the way. I think Corbin's been fucking great. You know, I didn't really... I, he wasn't really too too over with me at first, and I kind of felt he was just like a bland big guy that they only push because he's big. But lately, he's been, right. he's been holding his own, and his promos have gotten a lot better. So yeah, and, and his matches have been great. Like, he's, yeah. he, I mean, you know, he's stepped it up with Kalisto and Styles and Ambrose, and he's, he's you know, they're not carrying him. He's been really good in those matches. And, you know, I'm biased to him because he's a metalhead like we are, but... Um, even despite that, like he's a guy where I think, you know, if they're going to push a bigger guy and they're going to have him run over everyone, I want it to be this guy because I can buy into him and he can go. Um, not that I think he'll go over in this match, of course, because it, lo- it looks like that uh, people kind of know what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm very much into Baron Corbin. I hope they give him something good at Mania because I think yeah. he, could, uh, he could run with it. The rumor seems to be that uh, uh, Bray Wyatt is going to win. And it's going to be yeah. Bray versus Randy at WrestleMania, which I would love that, and I'm totally for that. And I'm I don't for think, it as well. Yeah, and I don't think that like knowing that result, like sometimes people are like very uptight about spoilers, but it's like even if you know who's going to win, like sure the surprise is, is ruined. If they still do it in an entertaining way and make you believe that that's not what's going to happen, it still works. Yeah, I think so. It, it's weird to the. They've. It's just a funny one because I, I mean, like you say, Bray Wyatt should have been in the world title scene a long time ago. Yes, I think more than anyone else um, that's come into WWE in the last God, maybe even ten years. It boggles my mind that he's not had any. I, I don't think he's headlined a single pay per view, has he? Uh, he might have headlined versus Cena, but he's never had held a singles title. He's only held held the tag team titles with Orton for a few weeks, a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's, um, which I think is insane because I, you know, that's the kind of guy you could build a, a whole kind of baby face, um, division around. If he's like the monster heel holding the title, you know, he could, he could be like Taker was in 99 or whatever. You know what I mean? He could be yeah. a massive, massive deal. Um, and so even though this probably isn't the way I would have liked to see him win the world title, if it means that Bray Wyatt is now out of nowhere, no pun intended, just walking into WrestleMania um, with the biggest belt in the company, okay, it would have been great if it's AJ Styles, but fuck me, like Bray Wyatt is a pretty damn good, you know, backup option to be walking into Mania with the strap. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. Uh, 
while I might not necessarily agree with how they get there, I'm happy that they got there. And I hope that exactly. he, he has a long run. I hope he doesn't just lose to Cena after WrestleMania. Like, I hope they need to, like, make him look strong. And you're right. Well, I feel I'm wondering, like... I guess the idea is he might lose to Orton. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I hope he has a run, though. I feel like it would be stupid just to, you know, like, have him lose at the next pay-per-view. Uh, maybe... I think that's what I'd love because, you know, the... The the, uh, the thing is the kind of the, the quintessential WWE storyline is someone comes back from an injury or a long way out, making their way back up the ramps. They win the Royal Rumble and then they win the title at WrestleMania. That's kind of what the story arc is for Orton because he was out for ages at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he came back. He didn't do a whole lot. Um, he got, got put in this wider storyline. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I got a concussion from uh, Brock Lesnar. He did that. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was that. Jesus. Um, but he, uh, yeah, and then he did the Wyatt thing. And now it kind of feels to me like WWE, like I say, are pushing him to take the title at Mania. I kind of feel like that's going to be the, the end game for that belt. But if I'm wrong and, you know, the, the internet's wrong and Bray Wyatt actually beats him, even if it only just to, you know, lengthen the feud for a bit longer, that would be amazing, you know? Like you said, it'd be great to see Bray Wyatt actually keep that title for a while. It's just Orton's... I know people are down on Orton, and I get it, because it's hard to find his stuff interesting sometimes, but he's still so over, especially seeing he's like he's so over with the American crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, they would still love him, that I just think yeah. Yeah, they're probably going to put the title back on him, but we'll see. I feel we'll see like uh, Orton, Orton, for me, only works when he's a heel. When he's a face, it's, it's not as good. Like, he is naturally a heel. He's naturally kind of a dick. Definitely. And I Definitely. feel like he needs that. Like, when he's a heel, he's much more motivated to... Like, Orton... I'm not taking anything away from Orton. Orton is a great wrestler. He knows yeah, exactly yeah, what to do. But I feel like when he's a face, he kind of doesn't give a shit, and he's kind of going through the motions. When he's a heel, he likes being a heel. So he gets into it, and he comes up with little things to add. Whereas as a face, he's just like, all right, what do I got to do? I'll do it, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and I, I think I think most wrestlers um, probably enjoy being a heel more. You just would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, it's just so much more fun. You can kind of piss off the crowd. You can, you you can be more honest, like, really. Yeah. You really can, which is the most amazing thing. Like, heels are, heels are honest. They just say how it is. Yeah. And more often than not, crowds don't like that. But, um, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, I always, I know they'd never do it because it's a dangerous move or whatever. I'd love to see him be the heel and the, and the punt kick come back. That was one of the, the yes. coolest things ever. Such a simple little addition to his arsenal, but it made it, it just made him such an asshole. Like just, yeah, I'm just going to kick you in the head, whatever. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love this. My favorite Orton heel moment was when, uh, he was feuding with triple H and like triple H was all chained up. Uh, and, uh, uh, Stephanie came and then he like gave her a DDT and he kissed her on the lips in front of Triple oh, H. I remember that. That was, like they'll bad. never do that again because that's totally fucking like fucked up domestic abuse or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was peak Randy Orton heel. Yeah, <laughs> that was like like I said, just ultimate dick move. Yeah, so but, disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Like, I, I, it's hard because. This brought this wide thing has been interesting. It lasted a lot, lot longer than I thought everyone, anyone, thought it would. Um, and it'll be interesting to, you know, I can't really see where Wyatt or Orton will go after WrestleMania. So there is a level of interest in that to me because there's no one I don't think that's naturally kind of ready to step up and 
and have a go unless they keep it on Wyatt maybe yeah. and they do a Wyatt versus face AJ Styles feud that would be amazing yeah I think um, AJ is primed for a face turn the crowd is like he's got really it. he's the most over guy in the company yeah so like he's everyone loves him which is amazing that it just shows like he's over because he's such a good wrestler like they haven't yeah, done yeah. anything with his character really like they no, made him look like a goof. Fair, I think he has he has been an awesome heel as well like yeah I never really I'd watched a lot of his uh, TNA stuff I hadn't really um, seen much of his work as a proper main event heel. Um, so I was actually quite taken aback by just how good he was. Because when the turn came, I was like, oh, I don't know where they're going to go with this. But no, you yeah, know, he, held, he held the title for months and months. And yeah, months. He's, he's, he's done a great job. Yeah, for sure. And let's go through some Definitely. of the rest of this card really quick before we uh, wrap it up. Yes. So, yeah, uh, so I we... think, yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to win that. I thought yeah. And just so quickly after that, I feel like Bray Wyatt, if they protect him enough, he really can be the Undertaker in 10 years. You know, like, I, I, that Man, character. that would be so cool. Yeah. Like, he's, he's the best. When he's on it, he can cut the best promos in the entire company. And, and also, I, hope, I, I love how he wrestles. He wrestles like the character. You know, he doesn't do yeah, anything exactly. flashy. It's just like a fight, you know, like he wants to destroy you. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So we got the women's championship match, Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. Who do you think? I am such a big fan of Alexa Bliss. I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you know, probably not the not up there with, you know, the kind of uh, the women's revolution. She's wrestlers, working her way up. Yeah, she's but, still a little green. But, but yeah. I think like in terms of a believable character, I think, especially in an era where Charlotte has been so amazing, yeah. I think it speaks volumes that Bliss still looks rad as fuck. Like, I think she's yeah. been awesome. One, um, thing, one thing that she's really good at that, like, you can't really teach is she's awesome at promo. She's so natural. Yeah. She's with her wicked. And she's reactions. such a believable bitch. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. It's the, little, it's the little things, the little affections she does. Yeah, like these um, eye When rolls. she's talking to people. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen SmackDown yet, but, like, yes. when she... Yeah, she uh, she was t- she was talking to um, Becky and kind of cut this big promo on her, and then she turned around to Naomi, who she's actually fighting. And she just went, oh, "I'm sorry, Naomi, I forgot about you. Yeah, I'm going to beat you anyway." And I was just <laughs> yeah. so like, "Oh, you bitch!" It's so, it's good. so good. And I really um, like. So yeah, Naomi. I hope she. I definitely hope she keeps the title heading into yeah. Mania. Like, it's got. It's got to happen. I think she's going to keep it, but I like Naomi as like her challenger of the month. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think Naomi's really good. Like, she's never really been given much to work with i'm still as much as i think her entrance music is an absolute banger um i'm not sure what her gimmick is other than being a dancer she which is kind of what glow. she was to start with <laughs> yeah she feels the glow i don't know what that means but sure. uh yeah but what what i i think naomi she's one of the more athletic women and she does really cool moves she'll do like a split-legged moonsault her yeah, problem yeah, yeah. though is the transition. After the split-legged moonsault, it's like just awkward. What do I do now? Yeah, you know, sure. That's understandable. With... Have to work right. out those those bits. Yeah, like you say, she's obviously like a real athlete, and yeah. uh, you know, I think again, she's another one that it, with a, such a stacked women's division in WWE at the moment, I think it, it says a lot that she's kind of you know getting this push, and she's she's you know she's doing really well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, then we got Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. I mean, Randy Orton. Yeah, going sorry, to Luke event. Harper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty Maybe obvious. Like, okay, uh, SmackDown cha- Tag Team Championship Turmoil match. Two teams start after a uh, after a decision. Another team comes in. It's American Alpha as the champions versus Usos versus Ascension versus Heath Slater and Rhino versus Breezango versus the Vaudevillains. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 
who are those guys if they yeah. want to take the titles, really? I think uh, I'm hoping, I'm praying that um, American Alpha keep the titles and then uh, the Revival turn up on SmackDown very well, soon yeah. after. I think American Alpha have to retain because they still haven't done anything with them and they're basically the best tag team on there. I'm surprised that they haven't done a feud with the Usos because I love the Usos' new gimmick, like their new heel. Yeah, vibe. bad boy Usos all over. Yeah. So here's my prediction. Either the last two teams are going to be Alpha and Usos and it's going to be competitive and Alpha comes out on top. Or or this is my outside. I feel like there's an outside chance that the last team in the turmoil match will be the revival and then they win the title. Oh, that is a... Oh. Wouldn't that be insane? <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that because that's put the idea in my head now and I would pop so hard. Oh man, that'll be such a good. That's a, that's a really good idea. I feel like that would be the best way to debut the revival. And they, although you know, really in terms of tag teams, I feel like Raw can use another tag team right now. They only have the four tag teams that they have, which is Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, yeah. Gallows and I Anderson, mean, uh, the New Day. I think that um, that's a good point. Actually, uh, it's an interesting one because I think that there's enough on Raw to keep the titles interested and keep them going. You know, keep the titles on the club, let them. Yeah mix it around a little bit, and then surely Enzo and Cass will finally win the big one at Mania. Hopefully that's right. where it's all building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on SmackDown, it's weird because they have more tag teams. But yeah, like we said, like if they're not going with the Usos, there's no kind of obvious big feel feud for them. Yeah. So I uh, don't know where that'll go. But yeah, hopefully it'll be the revival. But we'll see. Um, if not, cool. I mean, if, if, if American Alpha hold on to the titles and just mash everyone for a few months, I'm cool yeah, with that as well. I'm totally cool. I love those guys. They're like a modern-day Steiner Brothers. I'm way into Yeah, it. they're amazing. Nikki Bella versus Natalia. This one's kind of hard to call, I feel, because it's like if they're going to continue yeah. the feud or are they going to It's been a great up? feud as well. Like yeah. two, like, I mean, two, I mean, we've got three really good and interesting women's feuds on SmackDown. That's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy um, that there's three women's matches on this pay-per-view. The other one being yeah, Becky versus awesome. Nikki James. Yeah, I love it. And I'm genuinely interested in all of them. It's not just like, you know, like this time five years ago, like yeah. whether the whether the women were great competitors or not, as a lot of them were, you just kind of, they, there was so little thought put into it. It was just like, oh, whatever. But yeah, yeah uh, I think, I don't know who's going to win this. I think it's wicked that they've given Natalia a proper push. Like I'm a big natty guy. I think she's wicked. I'm really glad that they've um, let her remind everyone like, yeah, while everyone was banging on about this women's revolution, I've been here the whole time, you know. Um, I think the feud's been believable. Um, it's that kind of, that really good line between truth and and kind of soap opera right. um you know the whole the, bringing the john cena thing loads um i feel like they've you know they maybe on one side i'm kind of like oh do you really want this to be all about your boyfriend but at the same time it's got so personal that you can't help but just go oh damn with some of the the bombs she's dropped um yeah i don't yeah. know who's gonna win it it's That's gonna be tough interesting. i kind of hope, hope natty's gonna win it because if if nikki's uh, as she's rumoured to be going to roll off into the sunset for a bit after Mania I think it'd be good to see Natty actually get a, a significant win I agree I agree with that but I feel like they see Nikki Bella as you know the John Cena of the women's division so they're going to and you know and to be fair like she basically I mean f from that point of view I think Bailey will hopefully step into that role in the long yeah. run but I mean she definitely is like yeah no I agree okay the Bellas haven't been the greatest wrestlers I actually think Nikki's pretty solid um, but uh, they're certainly you the know, most popular. If, yeah, and you only need to actually just look around the Instagram and just search up like the Bella hashtags or whatever. Yeah, to see just how many little girls and young women 
stoked on wrestling because of the Bellas, and I think that's only a good thing. So, like, I'm cool with I'm cool with that, you know. Yeah, and then so Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. Well, who do you think is going to win that one? Uh, I think it should be. Oh shit! I don't want to. I don't want to dump on Becky because she's she she was such a good kind of. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, good center point of the the SmackDown Women's Division, but I think it should probably be Nikki, even if it's like a really cheap shitty win, just because. Yeah, she needs her first win on the show. It's her first. Exactly. Yeah. Show, and yeah. and Becky's brilliant at doing the kind of like come back underdog fire. Right. Right. Thing. Yeah. She so... could she could take the loss and it won't hurt her at all. Whereas, exactly. With exactly. Mickey, if she loses, it kind of ruins any credibility she might have to people who don't remember how great she used to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, and... hopefully, hopefully Mickey wins. And in possibly the most oddly booked match I've ever heard of, a two-on-one handicap match where the <laughs> yeah. faces have the advantage. Apollo Crews and Callisto versus Dolph Ziggler. What the I fuck? I know. I mean, I kind of get it. It's kind of like the, ha, 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 you've screwed them over and gotten out of your matches, and now you're going to get your ass handed to you. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how they're going to book this match, so I think that's a good thing because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Like, what? if it was a face versus two heels... You'd be like, well, he's either going to get mashed or he's going to have some heroic comeback. But with this, I'm just like, i got no idea what they're going to do. I feel if uh, Apollo Crews and Kalisto don't win, they're going to look like such dorks. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like they have to win decisively. I mean, it, it's weird because Ziggler's got something really interesting, but his, his, his gimmick was like plucky underdog face loser. Yeah. And now he's kind of like bitter, pissed off heel loser. <laughs> So they need to give him some fucking wins soon. I mean, he's another one like, I don't know what the, the hell they'll do with the uh, IC title at Mania. Maybe they'll do another ladder match. But, uh, you know, as well as Corbin, he'd be another one that I'd like to see actually, whatever comes of this, just go on and win a title, keep a title, and just be a badass mid-card heel for a while. Agreed, yeah. Well, I guess that's Fastlane. I mean, Elimination Chamber. And I'm going to be looking. For, I'm looking forward to it. It seems like it'll be a fun pay per view, and I'm glad that we also have a month until Fastlane. <laughs> yes, I think. Yeah, I think you know, it's it's people. People are always going to moan about WWE, and yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that's <clears throat> as a fan, it's kind of frustrating, and you've got guys that you wish would get better pushes and stuff you wish to have booked a bit better or whatever. But I think the pay-per-view, the, the kind of general quality of wrestling, and especially the quality of the pay-per-views over the past year, have been the best they've been in ages. Yeah. And I think Elimination Chamber is going to be great. I do think the company's turned a really big corner in the last couple of years. And, you know, I find myself being more stoked on it than facepalming at the moment. So that's a really cool and exciting thing. I agree. I agree. I think the work rate uh, at... WWE has is the best it's ever been. There's yeah. so many good matches now. Like if you go back and watch the Attitude Era, which I have been doing, the matches oh, yeah. suck. Yeah, like, it's rubbish. It was all rubbish. it was all storyline. It was all like the character development and the interviews. But when they actually when it actually came down to fighting, it was such bad, like undeniably bad matches. Yeah, it's like just absolute tosh from all the time. And it's like even the roars. Like people moan about the roars now. Go watch a Raw in 1999. It's like top of the hour. Oh, yay, Val Venus versus Blue Meanie. Wicked. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's just I know not... exactly. What, yeah, like even those... People have such rose-tinted glasses. Yes, absolutely. Or like the old WCW. Like people are like, oh, I miss... If you watch those old Nitros, 
the only thing good, the only thing that holds up are like the cruiserweight matches. All the yeah. main event, like I forgot how terrible the main events were. Like uh, there was that like Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan feud that sucked. Yeah, those matches were unbelievably terrible, and they both of those guys still wrestled for fifteen years after that. I couldn't believe it. It was it was the worst. Yeah, so we got no, we're very, pretty very lucky true. nowadays. I feel. I think so. I think, and I think you know, if you if, if you really really don't like WWE and you just find yourself endlessly sitting on the internet for 12 months a year kind of moaning about it go watch progress yeah you know, there's so many like, there's ring, go of watch honor, ring of honor evolve yeah there's so go many watch ICW. promotion like it, it's there for you if you want it like it, it's it, if you're if you want to be a serious wrestling fan and i know wrestling's in a weird situation at the moment where it's kind of got kind of cool and it's got a lot more mainstream again which is you know great but if you want to be a real wrestling fan you can have whatever kind of wrestling you want. It's out there. Just go find it. Yeah, exactly. Merle, it's been awesome talking to you. I feel we had a great discussion and a great back and forth. Yeah, great pleasure, that. man. You can yes. probably tell that I've been like waiting for the chance to just talk about wrestling and metal for ages. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot. I I'm really o- appreciate I, you having I, me on. I'm always like, uh, it's always such a, uh, I don't want to say hassle, but like I kind of have to like plan ahead so that I have an hour free where I don't have to work. But Whenever we get, I get to start talking, it's, it always just breezes by. And this is actually even longer than I usually go with my guests. So I want to thank you for oh, your awesome. time. And, Sorry about uh, that, everybody. No, <laughs> I, I'm into it. Usually I, I end up talking more at the end to kind of fill up time, but I don't have to do it this time. Everybody check out the new issue of Metal Hammer. Uh, where can people go if they want to uh, subscribe or, or check it out? Uh, head to uh, www.metalhammer.com and uh, you can find the, the subscription link or the individual buy links there. Um, it's on sale in the UK. Uh, what day does this go out? Uh, it's going to be up today or tomorrow. Okay, cool. So it's, it's, it goes uh, on sale Friday, February 10th, whether that's today when this is out. Um, uh, yeah, so that's when it's on sale in the UK and it will be out in the US normally about a month behind that. Uh, but you can order it online if you want to. Just hit us up on socials or on the site, as I say, and you can you can find us. Awesome. Merle, thank you so much for stepping into the Squared Circle Pit. Thank you. I appreciate it, dude. Have me back anytime. It was awesome. I'd love to. Such a fun chat with Merle. And those are, are the predictions. I don't usually do predictions on episodes, but I'm going to try to do them more often before pay-per-views. How do our predictions line up with yours? Let us know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash squared circle pit, or tweet me at squared circle pit. I'm really excited for the Elimination Chamber. As I mentioned, it's always a fun pay-per-view. And I'm really, really excited for New Japan this weekend. So much wrestling. There's going to be a Will Ospreay versus Shibata match, and that's going to be incredible because it's a clash of styles. Shibata is just, you know, no-frills ass-kicker. And Will Ospreay is one of the best high flyers in pro wrestling today. So it should be a really fun match. I also got to catch up on the Okada-Suzuki match from last weekend. I was on the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise. And because I live in New York, uh, I'm usually not awake when New Japan shows are on live. Because they typically start around 2 or 3 in the morning New York time. But on the 70,000 tons of metal, I mean, we were staying up until like 4, 5 in the morning. The shows didn't stop until 6 in the morning. So I was up at like 2 in the morning. And in between bands, I just checked my Twitter because cruises have Wi-Fi now, which is the greatest thing to ever happen. And I see that the New Japan show started. And there was 
definitely a part of me because I'm never ever awake when they actually start. I was like, maybe I can go back to my room and uh, just watch the show live. <laughs> but no, I did not do it because there's no way that the Wi-Fi could hold up on a, on a high-res stream like that. Like, even on YouTube, I was only getting, like, the lowest-res video. But, I mean, I'm not complaining because, to paraphrase, like, what Louis C.K. said, he once talked about airplane Wi-Fi, and it's like, you're in a seat in the sky. Give it a minute. Like, my whole thing is, like, I'm on a boat in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I'll give it a minute, you know? But uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in. Seriously, uh, it's so exciting to have people that care about wrestling and enjoy metal as much as I do. I really appreciate it. I will definitely be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. We've got a pretty cool guest lined up. Hope to see you then.